0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Teach Better Today morning show where the Teach Better team gets to join you live every single Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern over on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn as well as, of course, a special episode of Teach Better Talk Podcast. My name is Ray Hewitt. We have Joshua Stamper with us. And even though it's a Friday, we thought today was gonna be normal, just a normal, casual, calm Friday. Joshua Stamper is showing up in not only a sweater, But an ugly sweater that makes noise. So, um, oh, is this not an ugly sweater? Is this, is this?
1: (laughs) And it jingles,
0: it jingles. So, it's just a gorgeous sweater that's Christmas themed that jingles. So, is not every sweater an ugly sweater? Then we'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome to the Teach Better Today Morning Show. I very much would love to hear right away in the comments if a Christmas sweater is automatically considered an ugly Christmas sweater or if those are two separate clothing categories. Joshua Stamper, jump on in here.
1: Well, I would like to say that the sweater that I am wearing, I don't consider as an ugly sweater. So I would say there's two classifications.
0: Okay, so if anyone listening on the podcast can't actually see you, or if people have Teach Better Talk like or Teach Better Today morning show up on the television, but they're like walking around their house or whatever it is, picture this Joshua Stamper's face, okay, blue long sleeve sweater with white snowflakes that are just circles, an enormous colorful Christmas tree. (laughs) yes gold star at the top that jingles
1: bells on the tree itself
0: oh thank goodness because if they were on the yeah red ornaments ornaments,
1: yeah wow festive
0: so festive i love a good jingling (laughs) (laughs) josh would you get caught wearing that at school
1: I wore this at school often. And what was fun was that one of my science teachers had the exact same sweater. So we would be twins one day. You guys are so deep. I have many Christmas sweaters and different t-shirts and things that I would wear. And yeah, it was fun. We, we, we had a good time on campus.
0: I love a good ugly sweater. I feel like uh, it was up until a few years ago I didn't ever have a cool ugly sweater. And now I feel like I could, I can probably play, you know, the game. Um, I know Matt got in, got a sweater for Hanukkah uh, that may have been a gift from yours truly that said, (laughs) I cheat at dreidel, but it's designed as like a really ugly Christmas sweater. It's awesome. So I, I say make it uglier, the better. I want to know who has the best ugly sweater listening today
1: yeah or throw in like a photo with you wearing it i would love to see those too
0: so that's a problem i don't think that you can actually put a sweater or put a picture in the comments
1: oh bummer
0: i know i really wish you could i think facebook should update that and youtube should update that here's my suggestion we would love to see you claim that you have the ugliest one with a description and then later on either after the show or if you put it on later later this afternoon Take a picture and tag Josh and I. We would love to see some ugly sweaters.
1: Love it. We used to have competitions on our campus and have prizes for those. So we would vote as a staff as far as who had the ugliest. And so I don't know. I feel like intense competition.
0: Josh, I am so excited to be the one to tell you this. Today is December 15th, which is National Ugly Sweater Day.
1: Yes. That was not intended, but
0: it's like you knew. It's like you knew. It says every third Friday of December. Hold on, an advertisement just popped up because it didn't want me to celebrate Ugly Sweater Day. Hold on. It said every third Friday of December, December 15th, people all over the nation trade their casual garments for something more festive for Ugly Sweater Day. Whether you find a hidden gem to wear or you make your own. One thing is for sure the holiday will certainly have you laughing all day long.
1: <laughs> well, I want to say that my joyful noise as I walked down the hall gives plenty of happiness to those around. It's And so I did good. not intend. It was just <laughs> it
0: was just one of those days. I'm in a, days. I'm in a nice cream cozy sweater, definitely not ugly, but this is what I love about So I use nationaltoday.com to mm-hmm look up holidays. And we talk about these actually on the Sunday show that we like preview what holidays are coming. And yep. what I enjoy is that you get a description, which is why I just read to you of the holiday. It then goes through the history of the holiday in paragraph form, but then it goes through the holidays timeline. So ugly sweater day timeline, 1980, the first ugly sweater was made gained popularity from a sitcom. The first ugly sweater was made under the name Jingle Bell Sweaters. And then 19, 1989, popularity peaks. Jingle Bell Sweaters reached a peak when displayed on the whole family during National Lapoon's Christmas vacation. Heck yeah. Is that a, is that a movie you know of? I don't yes.
1: Know um, oh. Yes.
0: Should I see it? I'll keep okay, going. Okay,
1: please, for those who are watching. Yeah. Throw in like your favorite Christmas vacation gif just for Ray. Okay. Have you never seen that movie?
0: I have no idea. What movie is it? What's it called? Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah. (laughs) The Griswolds?
0: No, I have no idea. I've never seen it. I'll add it to my list. But but apparently it's popular because it started the ugly sweater according to this website. This is statistics. So 23% of people will buy an ugly sweater. Uh, Only 9% of people have celebrated ugly sweater parties that can't be true for teachers we all have ugly sweater days i feel like it's super popular now
1: it's super popular i'd say within um, the last 10 years it's gotten extremely popular on
0: i'll give a shout out to those of you looking to you know shop ugly ugly christmas made five million dollars last year that's not so, bad it's exciting <laughs> Um, this website just keeps going ugly sweater of the day. FAQs, ugly sweater day activities, oh, activities. Hold on. I got to look at these. Number one, find an old ugly sweater and make it new again. So this is about like adding jingle bells. It even refers to adding jingle bells as a good option. A Ribbon.
1: Yeah.
0: All the stuff. Make your own ugly sweater. Oh, you could have a party where people bring sweaters that are normal and then you get all the glitz and glam and people design them.
1: You can embed lights um, into them, battery operated.
0: Oh, cool. Uh this says to give back with your ugly with an ugly sweater fundraiser. That's hmm. an idea. Nice. Um, would you yeah, like what to know if does make money? I know I'm messing up this show now because this is not beer focus, <laughs> But I just keep scrolling and I keep getting more excited. This is five facts about ugly sweater about the ugly sweater industry that will blow your mind. Okay. Are you ready? i One. Sorry. It started as a joke. So oh, apparently sure. it wasn't intended to be something that people jumped on to. Um, the business is booming. We mentioned the sweater industry. The ugly sweater industry has grown 200 percent in the last decade. Uh, everyone wants a piece of the pie. It's talking about all these different, you know, industry like like companies that now produce ugly sweaters. Mm-hmm. And uh you can even shop ugly sweaters with celebrity faces. Everyone from Beyonce to Bill Murray. God, this is so important. <laughs> I'm just saying people should go visit nationaltoday.com when they have a little bit too much time on their hands because I, I'm still scrolling. It still has more things it wants you to, to know about the ugly sweater day. So <laughs> if any of you needed a little pick me up, I uh, really, really recommend that. Should we transition here? I think we- I think
1: I already gave them the pick me up. Just just listen. <laughs>
0: I feel like we need to actually talk about something education related. I hope you all are jingling and sparkling like crazy today. I'm going to go change after the show. We'll be right back. (laughs) with us for the Teach Better Today morning show. As we continue to hopefully get back on track after talking about ugly sweaters, we want to celebrate the fact that there are lots and lots of holidays happening right now. And that doesn't mean that you can't find ways to celebrate all of them. No matter what you identify with, find an ugly sweater, post a picture. We want to see it. And uh, Josh and I will be doing the same. I have all, I can only imagine that Brad Hughes and Chatterschrawski and Jeff Gargas and Katie Miglin and everyone else in the Teach Better team is going to be participating as well. I would love to see like Andrea and Carrie and Rachel and Sarah post their ugly sweater pictures. It'll be great. So, Josh, as we get into our team talk, I actually did prepare like a real educational topic to discuss. Do you feel like you could do that on a Friday?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I learned so much already. I feel like I have to like spew something else. So yes, I am definitely ready. i I never know what you're going to ask me, Ray. I just come in here and just hope that it's not too difficult.
0: This one's going to be easy. All I did was I took our listener questions and I snagged um, a few that had to do with creating a podcast. There's a lot of educators out there that are either, yeah, they want to create their own podcast or they want to create a podcast for their students. I figured this would be a good topic to discuss because it might be, first of all, a good activity to do right before winter break. Or if winter break inspires you, maybe you'll come back in, um, you know, the July or not July. Holy moly, guys. I can't even talk today.
1: Monday Gen- and July.
0: No, <laughs> January. Come back in January. Maybe you'll start a podcast with your students or start a podcast on your own. Um, first off. If any of you need some podcast inspiration, Podcast Network within our Teach Better community is a really, really good place to start. It's also a good place to go if you have a podcast and you want to join the network. There's an official application that you can fill out, too, there over is. on our website. So go check that out. Josh, I have five questions here. Some of them might overlap a bit, but I want to at least like give you all five because different ideas might spark. And yep. then, of course, if anyone... Here, listening has more questions, they can follow up with you or anybody on the team after this. Does that sound good? For sure,
1: yeah, I love it.
0: All right, first one uh, they kind of go, I believe, I tried to put them in like a chronological order, but the first one says, How can I identify a unique niche for my educational podcast?
1: A unique niche? Well, obviously, you need to do some research to begin with, so like before. I I went through a bunch of different podcasts, leadership podcasts, before Aspired Lead was created, um, just to kind of get context of like, what are things being talked about? What is it that I wanted to focus on? Obviously, my passion was like, for those who weren't leaders yet, and were wanting to rise, you know, could they get some advice or some steps to help them in that journey? And so there were a ton of podcasts like that. Obviously, (laughs) it's grown over the last five years. There's a lot more educational podcasts out there. But I think, you know, you talked about a, a niche. I think that's a perfect um, way to look at it because if you're broad in general, I think it's harder for people to connect because there's so many different topics that it will be discussed um, that I think casting a, a broader net in mind is not really the best thing in actuality. So um, I would just look at educational podcasts that are, that exist and then see, you know, if there's something that maybe your show would be a little bit different as far as the take, um, so that way you're establishing yourself in in potential territory that isn't out there already.
0: Well, and I like the concept of thinking about do you want to interview people consistently? Do you want it to just be your thoughts and your documentation? Yeah. Do you, you know, want to focus on certain audience members or I, I think there's so much so much to go off of there. So I love the idea of kind of exploring other podcasts to steal ideas. We all steer from each other constantly
1: all um, the time. and the, that's the format is very important, too. but, also, it's not set in stone. You can change as you go. Uh, there's been plenty of podcasts that they started off with just the one person's voice, who's the host, and then they realize, I don't want to do this forever. <laughs> I want to change the format. And so maybe they'll throw in some interviews and uh, or have panels. Um, you know, So the format can change as, as you're going through the process also.
0: And the length of time. I guess we'll talk about that eventually. But do you start, if you're not sure, start short.
1: Okay. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, what are the essential tools and equipment needed to start a podcast and how can I create a budget friendly setup?
1: I think the main thing that you need to have is a microphone, but even that I think you could do it like when we so Jeff Gargas and I have taught on this multiple times at conferences, and we have full day trainings for this. And we always talk like educators don't typically have a budget for it. So like, what can you do? Um, that's essentially free. And so, you know, we've talked about anchor. I know Spotify has purchased that now. So I think it's Spotify podcast, but you know, that's a free RSS feed um, for anyone that doesn't understand what that means. It's essentially where you host your podcast. You can't just like (laughs) throw it on a website. Um, You need to have something that's established that goes out to all these different podcast platforms. And so like, that's a free hosting site. And then you can, some people just record right on their phone, on their iPhone, and then you know, upload it right through their phone app. And so some folks don't even edit, you know. So like, I think you can do it where it's it's free. Um, there's plenty of platforms like Audacity is uh, editing podcast platform that you can use. That's free. Also, um, if you have a Mac, there's GarageBand. I mean, there's like things that are already established within your um, your computer too that you don't have to purchase anything else. So I think you can go pretty low budget if you really need to
0: yeah I don't know if it's like too over the top to say this but I feel like your first 50 episodes try and do it for free yeah because if you get past 50 episodes you might choose to then invest I don't know in a microphone or even just invest in editing like I feel like you have to start really slow because I think sometimes people have ideas for a podcast and then they burn themselves Mm -hmm. out and so you almost want to make it. Well, you know, most, most podcasts like, make it easy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look, if you look at like how many podcasts exist, there's millions, right. but how many are actually active and that number decreases quite a bit. And so most podcasts only last six to eight episodes. And the reason behind that is that you don't truly understand the workload behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It sounds glamorous to get behind a microphone and to push record and then to share it out to the world. And that's the fun part. But then there's also a whole other side of podcasting that folks don't truly understand. So, um, I think, yeah, getting 50 under your belt is huge to understand the process, uh, getting your, you know, things in order as far as like time management and whatnot, as far as things that need to get done, because there's just a lot of logistics that you don't really realize prior to push and record.
0: Well, and maybe it ends up being 30, but like, you know, with the mindset that you're like, I'm going to get out a ton of content. I'm going to really not perfect my craft because there's no way to perfect this type of work, but really get a a handle on what I'm doing before I invest too much financial, um, you know, dedication to this. So that kind of comes with anything. I feel like if if you try something new, you want to make sure you like it first. So definitely ways to do out
1: Hundreds of dollars and then realize, no, this isn't for me.
0: Yeah, like my $2.50 paint set that I started with for <laughs> for watercolor that water I'm color. still using. I'm like 3 sketchbooks in and I'm like, "Nah, I'm not I'm not more committed than 250. I'm not, I'm not more
1: committed than this." No, it's good for you though.
0: Good, so good. All right, hey Josh, number 3. How do you navigate copyright and fair use considerations when incorporating music, ex- excerpts, and other media into podcasts? Worried about like legal compliance.
1: Yeah, I think anything you need to look at the the legal things that are attached. So, for instance, like uh, images and music, there's licenses that go with those. So, um, I mean, there's royalty free, but you really do need to look in. And if it's a compliant website, they should have the requirements attached to each of those things. So yeah. if you're on a website and that doesn't exist, I would not pull from it just because you don't want to get your co- yourself caught in a legal action or a uh, cease and desist. assist, you know, like, don't, <laughs> you're not allowed to use this, or maybe they want money for something that you're using. Um, that, that would be quite the predicament. So yeah, definitely look at the licenses that go with that. And, you know, if you want to be safe, I would definitely be purchasing these things to make sure that you're not getting yourself in trouble.
0: I will say, Josh, um, I know not everyone in our network benefits from this because they don't need it. But one element is that we're happy to help with some design of your podcast. So if you want to get started, push out a few sure. episodes and then apply to be a part of the podcast network, usually you need a few network, a few episodes under your belt so we can get a feel of the kind of uh, show you're trying to produce. But yep. what can be kind of fun is then we can collaborate and give you some new artwork Um Some people come with outstanding artwork that we're like, we don't want to touch it. Have a great time. We know you're wonderful. But Josh, I know you spent a lot of time supporting podcasters and coaching them, art kind of being only one of the many components. But that could be a fun way to to kind of get some support and not need to stress so much about the legality component. As far as music, my understanding is there obviously if you want to incorporate some music. That's That, to me, is where the biggest component of looking at legal rights is. Um, I feel like art we can kind of work around, but that's yeah. the stuff that I feel like you have to read and make sure you're using it appropriately.
1: Yeah, music's always kind of the the hardest part. One, yeah. finding something that you feel is very connected to what you're doing as far as a podcaster, but then also <laughs> the, just the cost and like mm-hmm. where you can go. Um, there's plenty of sites out there to, to find quality music. But yeah, there, there's always that legal piece that you kind of have to make sure that you're reading the fine print and making sure it's... Because sometimes it's even like specific to, you can use it for a podcast, but you can't use it on YouTube or vice versa. So like, right. you got to make sure that you're really reading um, the legal components to that because there's sometimes requirements that go with it.
0: Yeah, I would love to help anyone listening who wants to find music, but I feel like that's the one area that I'm not as strong in. So reach out to Josh for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Or Jeff, reach out to Jeff. All right, cool. Uh, Number four, what strategies can I use to promote and grow my podcast audience within the educational uh, community and beyond, fostering meaningful engagement for listeners?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think trying to connect... On social media is one but then also i I always talk about groups you know there's plenty of you know facebook groups and and things like that that are established that you know we talked about niche before you know if you're someone that's let's say uh you know special education let's, let's say that's a podcast on that well you're probably in different groups that are supporting that specifically and so you know i'd always go into there and you know one technique that's really good is to interview the folks that are in those groups um, to be experts because once they're interviewed they're also going to share because they want to make sure that you know their audience or their friend groups um are listening you know to that podcast but also like dropping it into the group and not to spam it but just to say hey this is an additional resource um that might be beneficial for you and so you know i would go beyond just like sharing out on twitter or x Instagram, all those types of things, but then also finding groups, maybe in Facebook or LinkedIn to share out, to say like, Hey, this is another resource that exists.
0: That's super good. Love that advice. Last one here says, how can I balance the demands of podcasting with my teaching responsibilities, ensuring a consistent release schedule while maintaining the high standard of content quality, which is probably... The most common question that we had submitted, for sure, related to podcasts.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I just actually submitted this in our podcast network group, um, just asking for tips from them uh, today uh, this morning. So with that, I think you know when I was an administrator and podcaster at the same time, I always had to make sure that I was scheduling it on off hours. So it was like sure. late nights and weekends um, mm-hmm. when I'd record. And then also weekends was like my editing time because I couldn't really do that within the week because the hours are just so insane. So for me, I, I think what you said was the most important word was consistency. So making sure that your audience knows exactly what day and some people get even more specific about time. You know, it's like on Monday mornings at 7am my podcast always comes out and they're very consistent with that. I think the more that your audience doesn't have to guess as to when a podcast comes out, the better. Um, and then it just becomes part of their routine. You know, they know, mm-hmm. okay, every Monday morning on my drive to school, you know, I'm going to tune into, you know, whatever, whatever podcast. So, um, I think the time piece too, is just making sure that you're consistent in that also. So like, for instance, I always had a set day that it was, I had for editing. I had a set day to make my images, I had a set day to re- release, and then also you know, to advertise. So I had to do that for myself to put it in the calendar to make sure that each day was it was getting hit that I was going to do a a certain part for uh, the podcast. But I mean, I was talking about the logistics and some of that additional work that we don't think of with podcasting. And that's when I was also doing that. The other thing I would also suggest is finding a calendar platform. So like I use Calendly (laughs) to really assist our
0: lives. Yes, right
1: as far as scheduling guests and that way I didn't have to do the email thing back and forth to decide like what day and time worked best for them. They could just click on the link, find the the date and the time that worked best for them. And then it's just populating and you know, there's automated emails that you can set up for them. Um, as far as like getting information about the guest and whatnot. So I think that was a a lifesaver for myself as far as like the front end, uh, making sure that, you know, all I had to do was, Send a a quick email asking them if they want to be a guest and then also send them the Calendly link. And then it kind of all took care of itself on that end.
0: Yeah, Calendly is an amazing tool. I know we use it in our personal lives in terms of like scheduling with educators to talk to. But Jeff and I started originally back in 2018 saying, okay, Monday nights from this time to this time, we're going to record however many episodes. And whenever we had somebody that we want to interview, we sent them the link and they chose the day in terms of what Monday between that time they, they were available and gosh, it saved us so much like (laughs) double booking and whatever it was. So really, it really worked out really well. So thank you for asking all those questions, Josh, thank you for giving us some insight on those answers. I hope that some of you are continuously thinking about being a content creator. There's a lot of support in our teach better family, specifically in our creator club plus community that supports you in this. Um, Mm -hmm. We even put out like a creator newsletter every week that you should totally go check out. So we're here to support you. And whether you're doing this on your own for a specific audience or maybe your students are doing this for their parents or so many different wonderful ideas here. So continue to share them with us and we would love to support you. Josh, any final words of advice as they head into an incredible Friday ahead?
1: Well, I think what you had talked about before as far as going into the break and then really thinking about their voice, like how, and if podcasting is not your thing, like wh- how are you going to create content to help other educators? I think everyone that's listening needs to think about that. I think that's a wonderful challenge, especially what, going into the new year.
0: Mm, so good friends. We'll see you soon. And we can't wait to hear about what you're thinking. Bye guys. Hey, Teach Better community, thank you so much for joining the Teach Better Today morning show every single weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We have so many resources for you outside of this live stream at teachbetter.com, including blogs, podcasts, and professional development that will bring our team to your school. Wherever you are listening from this morning, please make sure you are sharing and celebrating the incredible educators in this world. And hey, if you are listening over on a podcast to Teach Better Talk, we would love a five star review. (laughs) The comments are always so entertaining. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow.